love, blessings, and honor. Thanks for tuning in. I am Eyes Red, your co-host. And I'm your co-host, Reality Soldier. And we are Garvey's Ghost in the Spectrum of Roots. You see, the more we do it, the better wow. we become. <laughs> you know what I said? Practice makes perfect. Yes, sir, right, sir, you know, right. Tell the people who we are. We have a special smuddy. Well, today we've got a very special guest, you know, someone who's like always in and out the country, so to have them pinned down for a while is quite a blessing. Serious. Thing. Yes, well, today's guest is from Melody Music Stables, Darwit Melody Tafari. Greetings, Darwit. How are you doing, kid? Yeah, man, we say greetings, and as always, we greet you in the name of the Almighty Father and Mother Manifesting Isla Selassie I and Empress Menon. Rastafari is right. yes, the journey. Yes, sir. Perfect yes, love. Great so, to have you here, King. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Exciting, exciting. So, mm. you know, we come here to, you know, just have a vibe and a little flow about, you know, yourself and your little, mu not, I wouldn't say little music career, your music career mm. and your journey throughout life, basically. You know what I mean? So let's kind of take it back to the beginning. Where did it all start for you? Like your parents, your childhood and mm. them vibes there. Right. Like I said, you know, recently I was in Jamaica and I said my auntie told me that I was conceived in Jamaica and mm -hmm. was born in London. So well, snap. Yeah. <laughs> Same as I am nice. <laughs> yes. That so, means you never pay your fear for come from your uh, Same year. Same Same year. money. <laughs> so I was born in Newham Hospital, See. which is the adjoining borough to Hackney. Yeah. Right. 1962, 25th of August, you know. Yeah. So, Virgo as well. That's it. Yeah. No, man. So the high earth, earth strong suits there. Good. So what happened? Like you're born and you grow in New and thing and like what what's the beginning of the journey? How well, I was you? here till age five and then like, you know, you know, a lot of Caribbean parents back in them days used to send the children back. Right. So I was sent to Jamaica for what was said educational purposes. So right. that mm. was my journey from here, five years, then I went to Jamaica. Right. Right. For schooling. Age five. Yeah. <laughs> and how did you find that experience, like the first schooling for you in Jamaica? What was it like? School was always enjoyable. Like I said, we, we, we enjoyed school from the beginning, you know. Yeah, I went to Mona Primary School, Shortwood All Age School, then Excelsior, then Cornwall and for me, I would have called that the real formative years. Mm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And this is because the like a like a a tradition of West Indian parents sending you to send right. your children back to the West Indies to right. get your education and your culture. Yeah. Yes. Those, those, those those things were taken with you know yeah. seriously them time. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And discipline as well because we all know how the, the the schools stay out there. You know what I mean? They yeah. were very very disciplined and. That's right. You know, uh, we had standard Jamaican family, which mean education, mm. academics, you know, mm. was the importance to them. And you know, most Jamaican people tell you there's no life, you can't make no progress without education. Mm. So, And that, that was yeah, central characteristic of Jamaican That's right. liberty. Yeah. Yeah. So any teachers or anyone stand out in your early years at school for you? Any, anyone make an impression on you? Yeah, like I say, with time, we look back and realise that we had teachers that genuinely cared mm. for the students and the upbringing. I can remember Mrs. Henderson at Mona Primary. Manny and that, you Right, know. yeah. <laughs> she, and she was my first school teacher in Jamaica. I can remember Mrs. Morgan at Chartwood, Mrs. Carrington. Yeah, at Cornwall, we had Mrs. Ford. And these people took a genuine interest. They would right. turn up all of your yard, mm. yeah, which you don't want to see happen. But see. they would turn up for come have a one, two with the family. And yeah, yeah so you always under some scrutiny and discipline yeah, was okay. always hold to book. But the see. fact you remember them near, that, yeah. that kind of yeah. suggests that they were very, very influential and yeah. meaning in your, in your I can life. remember them clearly and you remember the things that stick is the fact that them take that extra time. Right. You know, right. and them on your case. Mm. Yeah, at the time you feel like them just miserable and you mm. just feel like why them but when you look <laughs> why back they picking on me. Yeah, <laughs> you see said the teacher them see something that you and them want to see you achieve your highest, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, so we give thanks. Yeah man. Yeah. Mm. So it was I take it all of your school years spent in Jamaica then, yeah? Well most. Um like I said, I went to primary school, Mona Primary, shout to the all age. What parish you grow? Yeah, that well Mona Primary is Kingston St. Right. Andrew, right? Yeah. yeah, so I lived in a place called Ligani. 
And then we moved to a place called Acadia, which is up the Shortwood Road, just atop of Barbican and Grants Pen. Okay. Yeah. So we went to that school for about three, four years, and then took common entrance, went to Excelsior High School. Right. Right. So, yeah, and then finished up at Cornwall College. Okay. In Montego Bay. Cornwall okay. is in Mobe. Yeah. And how did you find high school and the school before that? What was those experiences like for you? Yeah, well, you know, growing up, like I said, we give thanks because discipline was always the essence. Mm. You know, we, like I said, we could see that the teachers cared, so they went that extra distance. And school for, for we is the formative years. Like I say, when you look back upon your schooling, you give thanks for mm. what you got. Yeah. And it, it is the main shaping of your character. Mm. Yeah. And also the stuff you did outside of school as well. You, you, well I'm sure you, you got up that. to lots yeah. and lots Standard of things. Over people, mango tree. Yeah. Over people, fence. Holy <laughs> <laughs> pajama, the cricket field, football See. field. Yeah. Yeah, we, it's a joy. I can't mm. look at my childhood and say nothing negative more right. than it was beautiful. And when first did you start sneak out to go dance? Yeah, that, that started. <laughs> that, you never asked him if. You yeah. never said when. Yeah. Yeah. No, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, age 11, we start, you know, find ways and means to get out the house and See, yeah. reach King Tubby's up a student union. We'd have a song named Black Arm and they used to play just down the lane more time from where we live. Wasn't that Justice song? Black Harmony? Wasn't yeah. it Justice song? Yeah, that's yeah, it. Justice yeah. used to DJ that song right. there. Yeah, yeah. Arrows and King Atania, them song they used to debut them days. So, See. yeah, dance always I keep somewhere near mm, where yeah. you can get yeah. to. You know what I'm saying? See. Yeah, so I'll just say from 11, mm. we've been finding ways and means to be in the dance mm. at all times. And I, I take it, you know, going to the dance hall, you're going to hear the music that you're not hearing on mainstream radio, i.e. the reggae and the message and the roots. and That's right. Well, I mean? all of the sound them were, we call a, a root sound them. See? Yeah, and like I said, my attraction was to roots, so we never right. really had one like a sweet boy disco and them thing. We just go hardcore roots. See? Yeah, and later on, Jalov did come out too. Okay. Yeah, but... Roots music has always been the passion, man. See. The music of the 70s. Right. Right. Yeah. So, when was your first experiences of Rastafari? Well, like I say, you know, when I went to Excelsior, we passed Common Enchants, I think that's 73. And, um, you know, your parents proud that you're going to high school because yeah. mm -hmm. if you're not going to high school, you already classify as a failure. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. my grandmother come down from America she mm. took me, so on the first day, first day at Excelsior, in the hall, she meet a friend that she grew up with who was bringing her son okay, to see. school. So, like I said, we all got assigned with classes, and I find the very first day I come out of class, break time, I find myself with a couple of rats on that tree, and the reasoning started from there. See. And... You right. mean if you say me send the boy to school and put ton rasta for me? That's right. That's the exact scheme. That's the exact sentence. Right. And then like I said, my grandmother friend, fair youth, Bingy Brown, him see the same way. Him have the rasta right. current. Him have some bigger brother where I say rasta. Yeah. And, you know, him feel bridging them where Patrick City people roots all the way. Mm. So... Yeah. From the first day, I feel, I just say that was where my journey in yeah. Rastafari started. Same. I don't think we can overstate the, the cultural significance because before that it was colony, it was yeah. Britain being the motherland, the queen mm. and all mm. that. And we were rejecting that and finding something that was our own, oh, something organic right. and That's real. Right. Yeah. Rastafari, that, That's that, right. was, that was the, the thing. Yeah, man, we come from strict... Christian family, yeah. and like mm -hmm. even to me, for, when we look back on it, to me that is a calling. That wasn't really like mm -hmm. a conversion. Or, from the first encounter and start, really, I think for yourself, right. it's just Rastafari we see. Yeah. And the fact that the journey started the way that to me, mean, I see like I was ushered mm. into that situation. Yeah, you not understand? a lifestyle choice, yeah. a liberty. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Like All I say, right. I call it. Yeah, so we're talking about Jamaica, early 73, maybe 74, you were saying. So where was like the, you know, you're living in Jamaica and thing, but I'm sure there came a turning point where you had to come back to the UK for whatever reason. Like, what, what led to this Well, like I said, I went at Excelsior, 
my journey started within Rastafari. So, you mm. know, within the family that being smoking herb, like mm. you said, going to dance. Can we start to get a bit thing. like what they would have said, rebellious, because <laughs> we are defend mm -hmm. where we are deal with. So See. I was one year at Excelsior, and then I was sent to Cornwall College in Montego Bay. Right. That's a boarding school. So oh, mm. I was on a road of supposedly being corrected right. from where you're going wrong. Okay. So I was at Cornwall College three years. And again, the journey does continue and, you know, more run-ins with headmasters and right. teachers and la-di-da-di-da. So your parents start to say, well, I think we better send him back to the UK. Where he yeah, yeah. So it's not working. I sent back to the UK <laughs> for see if that would have correct things. Okay. Yeah. What year was you put on that plane to come back then? Yeah, I came here 77. Just okay. after the 2-7 clash. I can remember that day clearly. Right. So I came here August 77. Yeah. So around your Earth Day as well. Yeah. August. But right. then the average parent would have seen Rastafari as a kind of a contagion. You're going to try and protect your, your, your pitney from right. yeah, all these Rasta influences and things. Oh, like a year made me son. My nephew, him gone Rasta. It's like, it's like, a, it's like you catch AIDS yeah, or something. That's right. right. <laughs> you know, you come from a Christian family background. Yeah. yeah. So anything outside a Christian, as far as them yeah. concerned, yeah. something gone drastically wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you understand? For real. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so then run your back are you here now. So what are you doing? You're staying with family and did, no, more, more or less. Did that work? <laughs> oh, well, you see the journey continued. <laughs> I, I came back here, like I said, 77. And um and you stayed what, like in 17 Dunstan. them time there? 16. 16, 16 yeah. yeah. And again, you see, I remember I went to Hackney Downs for one year. Mm -hmm. And I went to Hackney College for one year. Okay. So I was living in Dalston, just off Kingsland Road. Yeah, and again, you know, when certain spirit in you, you just want, and again, we get more freedom when we come to England, See, so more yeah. dance, more uh, this, yeah. more that. See, yeah, yeah, so. And the prevailing culture, that's right. the that's general yeah. culture, youth culture was Rastafari. Everybody in that, Alim Daga locks up. Yeah, 70s was predominantly Rastafari. Everything. So from this, so we just, you know, like I say, we debout in a hackney. Sound system vibes, mm. everything with us free up, man. So who was your little crew that you was moving with and where, where were the places that you and your, your, your crew would frequent? Yeah. Like dance and everything, their sound, like what was the vibes for the man? back the memories, man. Mm. Right. We'd have a bridge named Robert Emmanuel. See? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah my bridge named Kushtafari. He mm. actually born on the same day, same year. See? Oh, right. Okay. I come from Jamaica and joined me in a school. See? And we'd have our next bridge in we called Scoops. Yeah, and then again, Robert Emmanuel living down just down the road. Yeah, see, we meet people like Yui Isaacar, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you know, even Pablo Gad and certain mm. other elder asked them where they bought yeah, okay. do the music thing. So, mm. we just fall in our vibes, you know see. what I'm saying? So, did you ever go to place like Raz and what was the other place down Ashwin Street? They had like some Rasta house and certain things, oh, old school right down in place, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm. Well, we passed through, like Rose is a place, because that us up the road, we used Jabba to pass through, yeah, 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 now and then. And um, Alcola Street, See, Roots yeah. Pool, and you know, then back in the day, there was the line and them things. So, mm. yeah, again, See, you're moving through, working out where you fit in, you yeah, know what right, I'm saying? So, yeah, and then, you know, we end up just up the road, yeah. Same. Got Warwick Grove. Yeah. So. <laughs> the infamous. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Hackney is a very special place to me. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. So as I'm concerned, it all happened right here in Hackney. So when was the turning point that made you say, well, you know, oh. let me try this music thing and see what can happen and... Or what was it? What did you say? I've got a message for the people. Like, what was your? No, your... you know, you know, we got just like, you know, when we come in at the seventies, everybody, even man who not have sound, have two big speaker in him house, and See. everybody me know I play vinyl and right. that sound system vibes. Mm. I don't know anybody who never have it. You yeah, understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So we round and about and like we say, Robert Emmanuel and man they are singing. And we never really we just start vibes with them and. Like mm. we say, we book UEI's a child, we start, you know, play some music lessons and think, okay. and we decide, say, yo, we are going at this thing. They thought that was about, well, that would have been about 78, 79, we start mm -hmm. 
Yeah, okay. and then again, you know, we keep telling the mentality we have is decide, say, okay, we are get serious in this, so mm. we are going to produce our own music and mm. because you know the vibes with it, people, you have a standard in your head mm. where you want and growing up on Studio One and Treasure Island, them style of mm. music. Right. Yeah, we felt like we needed to study music, so right. we start studying music and their own sing pan cassette, you know what I mean? I say, get two cassette player, mm. and you have the vinyl dub player. And yeah, you yeah, start yeah. to yourself, but you're all right, you, know, you can go on with something. You know what I'm saying? Right. So okay. again, 1979, we did the first recording. Okay. Same thing. The thing up here, everybody know, we call the Dole, right? Yeah. Um, I'm a bridging put Dole money together and we book Easy Street. Okay. Uh, you know what I'm saying? The Easy yeah. Street was... Bethnal Green, Green. yeah. Mm -hmm. And we did the very first recordings. I know that was 79, which month I can't remember, but same thing. Robert Emanuel do two tune, mm. me do two tune, see? and you guys actually play the bass for it. Okay. Right? And I, I, that, that group named Chalice, you know, Stanley, Stanley yeah, Andrews. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, them, that man there, Steve, Blood see? Shanty Steve. See? Right. Yeah, them man, they come so with, with yeah, yeah. Bill Apalika team and going to the studio, but put on four tracks. Yeah. Yeah. And that really was the beginning of the journey. Melody okay. Music started right there. See? Yeah. So that was. The first release of Melody Music you was working No, that on was it. the first recording. Right, right. Yeah, you know, after we recording, you know, you, you start realizing there's more things to know. So we go through that learning, learning process. process. But yeah. from them time they were in a studio, every money you get you in a studio and any yeah. live music you can experience. Rainbow was running the place them time See, there. Yeah. Black Ouro. Anybody coming to town. Spear, you got, you got yeah, all of them man they are passed through and not just up the road. So yeah, yeah. We there every show. Yeah. See. So what was your performing name at them time? Well, you know, locally everybody called me Top Cat. Top Cat. So the first release was nowadays style. Okay. Again. That just re-release, reissue, right? Yeah, that's been re-released over the last couple of years. Uh, but that was my first release. That was yet something, I don't know. We release it at Jamaica and release it as so. Okay, Jamaica as well. Yeah, you right. come up on seven inch. Mm -hmm. And whose label was that? My label, my oh, Melody right. Music, yeah, oh, that was the first. And we released a song called Mountain Rock with you, Isaac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did those two releases at the same time. Those were the first two releases. And those are the Easy Street recordings? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Go on. Yeah. Go on. Okay. Yeah, and that was under the name Top Cat? Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah. on. So you didn't really like um, sing or perform for no other record labels around yeah. them time? I've never... My desire was to do it myself, right. everything. You know what I mean? Mm, produce, yeah. sing, write, yeah. and produce others because it did start as a team. Right. Yeah, so right. there was always other singers in the camp. Okay. So I evolved because most of the time we were right and I encourage man until man said, if you sing it yourself. So <laughs> we end up sing, start, sing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah. like I said, that's how the journey start. Right. Yeah. Okay. So this time you're still based in Hackney, them time there? From a comeback of England, I've See. never lived anywhere else but okay. in Hackney. Okay. If I'm out of Hackney, something I go on a couple of months, right? but everything we ever do in England right. started in Hackney. Right. Okay. Even till today. See. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See. So to me, Hackney is an extremely special place. Because I know at one point you had your own studio set up here in the UK, innit? Yeah, I had well, I have a studio up at Wigan House and I did live just on the border of Hackney in um, Leighton. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. where we'd have the first studio in the basement. And then See. same thing, we end up coming back in Hackney. Right. So the studio was up by Warwick Grove. Yeah. And like before that, we used to go North Easy Street, Mark Angelo. See. And we used to find some little studio. You know, them time they're two inch, 24, all yeah. this digital oh, yeah, equipment yeah. never come out yet. So that's right. We was from Strictly one analog, <laughs> yeah, yep. proper thing. <laughs> that's right, the real thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that was the journey, man. The warm zone, for real. Yeah. Yes. So we were saying you were in your early adult years, and um, you're honing your skills and your craft. Who was your inspiration? Well, well, in terms of the music, them that you know, like I said, we, we grew up in the seventies era, so it was the Dennis Brown. Alton Ellis, mm. John Wood, that you know for just a studio one in Ireland. Right. Mm. Dennis Brown was the standard which everybody looked at. You right. know, we, we felt like if you couldn't sing certain tune into them certain type of grooves, where you said, as far as we concerned, you know, qualified. Right. You mm -hmm. understand? So 
Dennis Brown and all them artists there. Right. It was big, big inspiration. When mm. we come to England now and we come around the sound system culture, the first set of man them like me say when we drop monks where I play music was Huey Isaacha, Louis mm. Beckett, okay. yeah, Blood Shanty, Stanley yeah. Andrews, the man they have a young band, them was the Rasites of that day. Okay. Yeah. The right. Chalice band. Right. So that little crew of people, Wazir Carnegie. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. We, we, that was our crew. We just yeah. round them people all the while. And See. when we start recording, you know, Wazir play drum, mm. you will play yeah. bass. Yeah. So we did have a little foundation. Right. And then Louis come in with the, the keyboards and okay. the technical aspects yeah. of things. And yeah, yeah we, we, we just perfect that crew there. And nice. Yeah, that is the foundation of all the music where melody music. Create. So you've released two singles under the, the artist name of Top Cap. What's the vision like? Where were you going? Is it like a, what do we do? Release an album? What are we well, doing? We always felt like a singer supposed to do an album, right? And you would have two or three singles from an album. Right. So mm. our approach to recording music was always trying to do an album. Yeah. Right. And um, like I said, the first releases was eighty something. I did. Um, you know. In a run in the year, they called me Top Cat. Yeah. That is what they used to call me as a youth mm. in Hackney. And um, I released the first song, Nowadays Style. Yeah. And you guys are child, they sing a tune called Mountain Rock. Those mm -hmm. were the two first releases from Melody Music Sound Productions. And that was the album then? Like, no, well that, well, that was the single right. from, the, from album. the album. Right. Yeah. The okay. Yeah, okay. that was the, the initial. Right. Yeah, so. And in those times, what would you think was the kind of obstacles and challenges you had in order to get your craft into a product? Right. Well, you, you go through that whole process of actually trying to master analog recording. Mm. You know, like I said, easy street. After you get to that, kind of like, we always felt like we wanted to do everything. Right. You know, that's how big we are think, although mm. it wasn't realistic. Way. Mm. So we did focus on production and... Um, yeah, over we we, we 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 produce a portion of tune which was you know albums like right. I say I did uh, my first album was give thanks and praise unto Jaja. Mm -hmm. We'd have another singer called Levi Judah. and next is a with the album called There's Only One. Now now the Ghetto Priest, right? Yeah, yeah. Levi right. Judah, the Ghetto Priest, yes, mm -hmm. right? And Yui Isaacha was fundamental to everything where we had the Louis used to mix mm -hmm. and play, so. We recorded about five, six albums, and then remember the studio was on site, so yeah. people yeah. passing through could always contribute. See. So, and I take it you're doing all your marketing and distribution yourself as well. We tried. You to be independent. Yeah, yeah. Like mm -hmm. I said, those first releases on vinyl, I can remember we print the cover, you know, the whole yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. and in then you start trying to hit the road, go up into the countryside, mm. Leeds, Birmingham, See. Derby. Trying to be the artist salesman in town. We try everything, and yeah, like, you know, as you go along, you realize this thing is much more technical. Yeah. So, you, are, you know, you know the same thing because when I say about obstacles and challenges, you know, I've I've had it myself. You you take a a, a product to a distributor, or something, and they say, "Well, I don't know, it really work for me. It's not current. It's not whatever." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, we live through the era when we are make the roots music. You know, people would always be super critical because you always compare to what's going on from Jamaica yeah, as far as a man concerned. See. If you're not doing it the way the yard man them do it, you're not see. doing it. Mm. And um, like I said, we try, we, you know, the main distributor them time was Jetstar. You know mm. what I'm saying? And, but at least you had more distributors them time. You had Jetstar, you had uh, Rough Trade, yeah. you had Green Sleeves, you had people. Yeah, but yeah. again, they were more... You had to be going with the flow. If you couldn't get right. a sound system for really play your music yes. to a degree, you never really have much opportunity. Right. I remember even I talked to Mr. Palmer and him, I said to me, boy, if it now nah, play up on the radio, you know, it, it, though you, you can leave 50 and you come back and see 50. Yeah. You understand yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So you start to realize that marketing and distribution is even more important to. Yeah. Yes. Than, you know. So. Was it a challenge to get your product played on the radio whether it's it always been you know the, in the earlier days there was a company called roots records i don't know if you remember that company mm -hmm. that did make a did one deal with roots but okay through them we get certain publicity you know there were there was newspapers like echoes black echoes yeah, mm -hmm. yeah we used to do charts and them thing but 
for really get big radio play and them thing there it was an almighty struggle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What about yeah. live work? Right. Live work? Not much. Because most of me concentrate on the production. The, right. the first live performance I did was in '96 at the, um, the Adawa Celebration in Addis Ababa. Right. Okay. Yeah, where um, Muta Baruka, Tony right. Rebel, Yasso Safari, Utan Green, them to come at Addis for do the Adawa Celebration, and mm. we did two shows mm. in Addis, and then I performed in South Africa. I've never performed in England actually. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because that's like another part of your story, like. Mm. You know, as well as doing the music and stuff, there was that you had that Africa and that repatriation vibe, and yeah. which yeah, we should really kind of touch on as well at some point. And I don't mm. know if it's too oh, early. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you have difficulties in it's the, it's always the case. You have such um, dedication and integrity in mm. terms of music production self-autonomy, yeah. collectivism, come together, make we do the thing, yeah, we all yeah, work yeah, with yeah. that, and it's the energy is beautiful. Journey, yeah. And then you have the product, it's beautiful. Nobody now take the thing and That's miss, right. Miss, and miss, miss Wendy and then now play it. I tell the DJ what to play. Right. <laughs> because, you know, the same thing in the 80s and going up to the early 90s, the like, the roots kind of fell off and it was the dance hall scene. And yeah, well, we went. We had to start cut off. Got even harder than. Kind of, you know what I mean? So we are make roots music and people are safe. The music now go pop, pop, yeah, pop, yeah. pop, yeah. pop. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Now go on. And to be honest, it was Europe who, who saved the roots music. Well, they they yes, didn't stop playing roots music in England. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, everything just went dance all and yeah. if you had a Rasta thing was like, yeah, you know, even when I hear that again, I hear it, you know the vibes. You still depend yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we dedicated to that, See? you understand? Yeah. And we never really have no desire for do nothing else because right. to we, like I said, to me still not no beat the music of the 70s. So See, yeah. our aspiration was we need to be at least equal and mm. should be yeah. better. Mm. You understand? Because time... as a foundation. Yeah. 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 So we perfected what we are doing. Like we said, we, you through that era, we made a lot of production and most of the man, them, that's when things start to, we I say, fall apart in the fact right. that people want food for eat and nothing are really going. Like we said, most of the musicians, they was working with other musicians and bands. Right. So, but it was never substantial. And okay. our thing, like we say, you're struggling with, you know, distribution and yeah. getting mm. radio play. So it start look like, boy, this is a thing where we're keeping it going for the love, but every man mm -hmm. I look elsewhere for see if them can eat a food, eat which, food, yeah, you real. know, at the time looking at it, it, it was disheartening, but it's a reality that yeah. had to happen. You know what I'm yeah. saying? People have to find them way and it's a tough, tough business yeah. for being in it. Well, obviously it didn't dishearten you in any way because mm. you're still here doing the same works now. That's right. You know I mean, because so <laughs> your, your philosophies and principles have remained. Yeah. And I suppose it's like the teachings of Rastafari, Marcus Garvey, and which has held you in the stead that's that you right. are now. You know what I'm saying? See. So you mentioned earlier about you done performed in Addis Ababa. How did the whole Africa connection come about then? Yeah, that was really sweet. Because like I say, you know, we used to live in Addis and people like reggae music. So that was like the first little thing of international. And it mm, was... Um, right like a celebration, it was an Adawa celebration, which right. is an Ethiopian celebration, so... Of the battle, innit? Yeah, the battle yeah. of Adawa, mm. second yeah. of March thing. Yeah. yeah, so they was well received, and like I said, it was a, it was a journey for I, See. as well as, like I said, Muta Baruka, Tony Rebel, Yasso mm. Safari, Anja, and Anja Williams, Yuta mm. Green, this is them first time in Addison, See. everybody come in with the vibes of wanting to right. know and learn and yeah. see and real deal with the reality of right. Ethiopia. Yes, sir. It's no more a dream, it's a reality. Was you that understand? your first trip to the motherland then? No, I was, the first time I went to Africa was 91. This episode was brought to you by Reality Sound System and Alpha Bravo Films. Well, you see, that's when I say within the early days of being at Excelsior and reasoning with Rastafari and you formulate your own mm. ideology within yourself. Mm. Like to me, Rastafari is back to Africa. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's Marcos Garvey teachings, uplift and empower yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you remember me tell you, even when we start the music, our intention was to do everything. Yeah, yes, you understand? Yeah. yeah, it's just the reality of the thing. Yes, yeah. So within that we always I say Africa, like I said, from my eleven 
we don't know nothing about Africa them time. We only know what we see on the news, which see. was always the Mama Mediate, in yeah. Kenya, Biafra, mm. war. And don't forget Tarzan. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> see, <laughs> and we know, say, Addis Ababa is where the king seated. Yeah, so right. before we even know nothing about Africa, we are say we are go Africa. That see, was right. always the talk. Right. So when we come back to the UK now, you know, we get in more contact with Africans. Right. right? Coming from the continent, you know, when I say we have Ghanaians, we start to know people from Nigeria right. and where, where, where. So, like I said, it's about 10 years, it's the 90s, which, like I said, that old 10 year period was where we was recording. And See. you're looking at yourself and I say, yo, we don't say we have got Africa, bless. And most time, most of the people, I tell them, I go back to Jamaica, go do this yeah. and do that. And I mean, I said, nah, man, Africa has to stop being attacked to me. See. You understand? So, 1991 was the first trip I went to. It was November 91. No, August 91. See. We go Ghana, Accra. See. Same thing. Some little cistern and some bridging where we know from Ghana who we are interact with. We just decide so we are go down there. Mm-hmm. You understand? And yeah, things moving away when you start calling, you know. Mm. We land, the people with the plan for go up on the flight with, when we check in on, on the flight, we don't see them. Oh. And all our planning was based around them. Wow. Oh. So me and my brethren and a soldier, we just say we are going and we come out of the airport, going out uh, in a, a taxi and we said to the taxi man, we want a cheap hotel. See. And the man said, all right, I'm a carrier the hotel. As we are going at the hotel and I check in, the lady I said, you know, there's another person from Jamaica here. We say what? <laughs> right? We go upstairs, it's a bridging from Hackney. Again. <laughs> so the journey starts with we just rest up the next day and start carrying. We go meet some Rasta bridging and we buck up another Rasta bridging where we know from Tatna. See? Okay. And him did a build a nightclub on a rooftop in a bamboo and thing See? like a old yard land. Yeah. Yeah. So we end up now, end up just the whole trip was based on just helping him to finish right. that building. And right. then, and then right. So we spent the whole, it was July actually, we spent the whole of July and early August, I helped him put up the thing and See. we left and come back to England. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we never even get to see much of Ghana or even Accra. It was just like a deal. We ended up just do our work. Work. Right. Right. Yeah. That wasn't Marcus, was it? No, see. it's a bridging named Daniel from Tottenham there. They used to okay. call him Ghost. Okay, yeah. see. But he's a renowned bridging still see. from up there. And like we said, we just put in our work. See. Come back to England. Okay. Yeah, and then the joy of that trip, me and my bridging, I said, yo, we see. love Ghana so much, but we need to go to Ethiopia. Yeah, we, yeah. Can't, we can't make no decision in Africa without go to the King's Council. Yeah. See. You see it. So right. <laughs> November that year, then we go. Ethiopia. Right. Yeah, same thing. We just go up on a flight, reach Ethiopia. We used to say there was a Jamaican embassy. So we come out of the airport, we say taxi to Jamaican <laughs> embassy. So we go to the embassy, we book up a, a Mr. Singh, who was the ambassador. He was once ambassador here too. Okay. Yeah. So we go in there and him tell me, yeah. And him say, yeah, all right. And put me in the, the ambassador car, carry up to a place called City Skilo and link me with a RAS. Which is another renowned Ras Rastagasa, okay. who was living in Addis and from the summer whole journey in Ethiopia start. Right. So we like Ethiopia. So from then I make quite a few more trips back to Addis. I spend by '92, me basically living in Addis. Okay. And backward and forward to England. See. So we was there '92 up till about the end of '96. Okay. Yeah, she passed through. She's a man. I'm living in Addis, like me say. The man them come in and do that our celebration and mm. yeah, we did encounter certain bureaucratic problems okay, right. within Ethiopia. We couldn't get status the way that we wanted it. Right. And to me that Why kinda, do you think that was? <clears throat> well it was the early stages after Mengustu had fled and a new okay. government come in and them kinda this Rasta as a a upheaval or a threat to them because mm. they don't want nobody to talk about the king and this See, that, that. Yeah, right. them under different vibes so they right. wasn't really conducive to our vibes See. seeing at the end of the day you know our spirit we say we come africa we come africa and then after a while from the terms of what you want to develop mm. it couldn't really work to all me see it you right. understand so mm. 96 me just pack up my equipment and thing i'm go no, first I went to South Africa for a conference, which was like 
the first international Rastafari gathering. Okay. Yeah, that was November 96. So, through me there, Ethiopia, uh, Ethiopian Airlines Services, South Africa, I said, yeah, let me go down there and see what I'm going See, on. right, okay. Like you had like a cab. <laughs> yeah. Taxi, was... yeah, take me out of South Africa. But that's right. We like I said, I'm a thousand miles. When you're in Africa, you're thinking I forget vast. <laughs> so, 96, I went to that conference. It was in Cape Town. Right. Yeah, I rushed the community where Felipe and um really like the place when the beauty and the okay. vibes of the place and mm. the fact that the infrastructure the dead air right. and the things that we wanted to do, all the things that we was getting blocked with right. in, in Addis was easily dealt with okay. in okay. South Africa. So not much so, so much bureaucracy in have a, a more British kind of system. So okay. whereas right. in Ethiopia you have all kinda of, there was in a transfer from a communist system into mm. a, another system right. and the bureaucracy would drive you crazy. See. You understand? You spend more time trying to apply for this, get that, right. than you can get to work. Mm. You understand? So we felt like we need to make no progress in certain things. Mm. So like I said, after going to that conference and realizing the vibes, by the next year, I was in South Africa, right. reorganizing my whole thing. I pack up my studio, everything from Addis and go down uh, Cape Town. So you had your vision in Africa because you've already got your studio there. Yeah. You, 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 you want to be a resident now. You're like, that's right. Yeah. Was, that's what the thing that made me move. We wasn't getting the legal right, right. To, to run a recording studio okay. and do things in the music business. What? So for me, that was our main thing. So if we, we couldn't get to do that, it never makes sense just sit on there yeah. and can't really do what you want to do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's a brave move though, King. I mean, like you say, most people from the West Indies would have said, oh, let me go back to my home country, Dessa, mm. and take where I'm taking back and mm. set up and do what I'm doing. Mm. And you say, no, I'm going to do it in Africa, which is... Well, that was uh, always the mean? vision, let me say. Yeah. When we say we go to Africa, we don't go to Africa. For say, I'm going to Africa was the ultimate in I and yeah. I life. We were going yeah. there to find a way. Right. You understand? Mm. So we go to Addis firstly and foremost, mm. and we feel like it never going to work out the way that we did want it for God. So... Mm -hmm. I go South Africa and I feel like I could have to do what I want to do in South Africa. Right. So I lift up the studio and everything go down there. So same mm. thing, we record local music, we record international artists who come in. And from a business point of view, again, the, the, we don't have no problem. The other thing is back to the same issues of marketing and yeah. getting access to media. Those things always become another right. thing in, in, in altogether. But right. from in terms of feeling comfortable, and set up your thing the way you yeah. want to set it up. Yeah. yeah, me never have no problem with that at South mm. Africa. So which part of South Africa was you based at this time? I was originally Cape Town. Okay. Yeah, I spent five years in Cape Town and then we moved down to um, KwaZulu Natal, which is the Zulu Kingdom. Yeah. And we did have a little farm. I was up there for about 18 little years. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, little in African terms, that's a little yeah. farm. How many hectares was it? It was um, 16 and 12, yeah. So yeah. two pieces of land, so that's about 50 acre of land. Right. Right. But again, like I say, in Africa, that's, that's classified small. as a small holding. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, so again, it was a group of rest from us. We did try again, and a local from around us. And um, we initially bought the farm, and then, like again, the same thing, the structures break down, and I right. find myself alone with one of my next bridging from... I come from Jamaica, See. him Umoja, him the dead with me, I try steady mm. the ship. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? And then, like I said, after like 2020, it got cut. Like, we have a thing in South Africa called them called a land claim. Right. Like, you hear me tell you, we're in the middle of the Zulu kingdom. When we there's a place named Kwadukuza, yeah. where King Shaka born, grow, and bury. See. You understand? So it's a serious traditional area. See. So when the land claim issues come up, being in that area is only natural that you're gonna that those land was claimed back to the royal families of right. of the Zulu Kingdom. Right, okay. Right. Again, so we live in other community. The community accept we and receive we until we say, well, they're not really interested for take back the land. But there's a legal process you have to go through. Right. And within that process, difficulties occur where you just say, you know what, the best thing take back the land so right. you get some compensation for the land and right. la 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 so right. that happened that was completed in 2020 and then we just go back to Cape Town where I was originally 
based. So, mm. so when you was down in in the kingdom, then that you was had a, a vision of building your own community down there, basically. Yeah, that was the idea. You know, we was trying to get people from this side. You see, this is what we say: repatriation yeah. to me is not an illusion. Yeah, but yeah. I don't expect nobody to come out the sky for make it happen. My, I, my, my, <laughs> it's my more like a collective is, that's commitment. Right. Yeah. So, so we have a group of man. Yeah, and um, we try to go down there. We like we say we can't say we fail. We get to a degree. But then the follow-up, right? It's and and then you remember, I think it was when them start all this financial problem where you find some people just decide to buy them off of their way. Mm. They can't earn a food. If so, yeah. if a project is not up and running, mm. a man can't hang around because mm. it get tight. Them time, I think that was what I can't remember what year. It was about two thousand and eight, two thousand and ten. Right. The whole financial yeah, thing yeah, yeah. did get a bit funny. So you mm. find. People that back here so now for defend mm. them earnings. You know See. what I'm saying? All right, stick up in here. I'll come back. This episode was brought to you by Reality Sound System and Alpha Bravo Films. So we're coming back and um, your return to Cape Town, you were saying? Yeah, like mm. 2020, I'm back in Cape Town. So it took me about a year to get reorganized. And mm. so I'm back there in... Um, Cape Town, we have the studio back up and yeah, we have some other little things we dilly dally with, but I'm basically there. I'm mm. the, when I'm not here, I'm definitely there. You know what I'm right. saying? So, you know, like the autonomy of, of music production and everything, and it always seemed like the problem is about getting distribution. And the, the, didn't you ever get a, to a time where you made connections with or the right connections with people who yeah. had, could give you access? I've been around the access, but mm. I've, and I've even dealt with companies that have the power for make anything they want to happen, happen. But mm. for and I, that is the weakness, or that is the one hurdle we're struggling to get over. In the fact that we never get no marketing and distribution panel level, even though we're forced to just deal with the cyber marketing and what you can do yourself. But, um, right. I've worked with record companies and they've done what they could do, but not never really. I don't feel I've had a fair shake of the right the thing. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. So, so, from the viewers and listeners' point of view, what is your like discography? Like how many albums and singles over the years? Like off the top of your head, kind of thing. Well, we got sixteen album out. Sixteen wow. album you can find on Bandcamp. Wow. And um. We record three albums and the rest is other artists that have produced okay. and, and dub albums. Right. Which we always get good reviews from around the world. It's right. just, mm. it's not reflected in sales. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's the problem that we all go through. That's right. And that we've been facing this problem for years and years. You see. You know? Yeah, but we're not going to give up and we know quality is quality. So we yeah. just keep plugging away. Hopefully yeah. one day we get it all right. Maybe one day we just have to put a face that fits in front of it, so to speak, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, without um, um, compromising our morals and our mm, yeah. principles. You know well, you see, it's become even more technical now. You know that, because if mm. you don't stand for certain things, certain doors are already Often closed. Easy. You already know mm. you don't even look this up. So it's still back to, mm. we have to create our own world, mm. which for me, Africa is the place to do that. Right. And we're not going to give up on... Um, yeah, we're still confident we're going to hit the goal. You yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. It looks like Africa's kind of taking back their own at the moment anyway. They want their own control over their economies and mm. their laws. And, mm. their, you know, it's like Africa's decided to become independent again. I you feel this is the beginning of yeah. the real revolution. Like, like the this is what we've needed to yeah. see. Mm. You know? Because they're shaking up down there now and them start, I say, where we are say all the time. Yeah. It's like, mm -hmm. we need our things and we need to run our things That's the way right. we understand how to run our things. That's right. And we don't want nobody to tell we where we for do it or we for do it. Mm -hmm. We ain't here telling anybody what to do or how to do it either. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but that's yeah. a threat to the status quo, the economic status quo. So yeah, right. there's going to be pushback though, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you see, thing, you look a young man say, right, now, if you's a slave and you're not a fight, you deserve to be a slave. Yeah, so true that. you have to rise and shake that off. Mm. And like I said, Rastafari was the beginning of even I and I, I think them waited a long time. We yeah, mean, yeah, we want to run, we want to think. Want to do it the way we know how to do it, yes. And that mm. I feel is what we're born for to do, See. you know what I'm saying? See. 
And I mean, I don't, I haven't been and experienced it for myself, but from what I kind of see, it looks like the the influence of Rust and the culture of Rust is kind of kicking off in Africa as well. It's been there a long time, and um, Rastafari culture has been one of the biggest inspiration to see. African people, uh, even the African liberation struggle. Yeah. That's what I say. I don't understand how people, even Rastaman, them don't know that. When anywhere you go in Africa, yeah. whichever language, whichever tribe, yeah, yeah. Any man can tell you the liberation song them where them yeah. here and yeah. and the influence of. The reggae icons over the year that uplift them. Right. Yeah, from Winnie Mandela to whoever. Any African leader, them tell you See. reggae music. In a South Africa, reggae music is well, well loved by See. the mass, the poor right. mass to yeah. the hardcore. Because mm. they relate to That's it. right. Yeah. Freedom music. You know, it's just a joy to hear it from someone who's experienced it and lived it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Man, like I said, I haven't been until, so I don't know. So to hear it is, is a beautiful thing. And even now, much more reggae artists is touring and they, yes. they're touring to 40 and 50,000 when it's organised in yeah. the right way. Yeah. Okay. Shows in Zambia, Zimbabwe. Right. Yeah, South Africa is tougher in, in, in the live show thing, but right. there's, there's places, are, even Ghana, them places you get it right, you get in mass audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Must be like really a different vibe and a different energy to perform in the motherland to your people, isn't it? You know what I mean? Well, I'm saying, I only ever perform in Africa, I perform in South Africa, and I performed in Ethiopia. Up to now, I, I don't do no performance this side of the globe. Seriously? Uh, yeah. No UK show, never? Nah. <laughs> I mean, never. Like I said, the days earlier, we was more in the production, and then, See, like I said, yeah. it started to Africa, right. and we felt like we should have moved everything to Africa and, and try to get it going from that side. Right. Yeah. Yeah, which is like a 10, 20 year plan when you think about it realistically, right. you know what I'm saying? You see. It's mm -hmm. like it's a long term vision. Right. It's not something that's going to happen overnight. That's right. We're trying to do. Well, we've been on it. You know, we, like we say, we're inviting and we're inviting and we're yeah. inviting. So. That, is that the official invitation? That's, that's right. On film. <laughs> you see. So. We're still on it, and yeah. we're still confident. Like we no, said, that's inspiring, King. Yeah. Definitely. No, big up props to the man, then, man. You see, love that, love that. Have you got a network down in in Africa at the moment, then? Like a network of people that you're working with? Well, in South Africa, I have people with my work with me. I have other people that I'm trying to reach out to. Right. Yeah, um, like I say, Africa is big grounds. Like even mm. now, going back in, I want to try to link up with some people in Zambia. Okay. Zimbabwe is fertile. Okay. for the thing mm. economic stress kind of limit right what we can do at the present but right. we feel good so something go work still yeah. you understand yeah yeah still have the confidence that's good yeah, yeah. that's good and it, it sounds like there's a lot of opportunity for growth down there still well to me that's the future for I and I. I don't see how our people don't understand that mm. every nation of people you see all the world, all the things is about who is eating out of Africa. Uh, Africans in the diaspora, they're more trying to leave Africa for commerce yeah. than for try create opportunities within yeah. Africa. Mm. But like you say, I think we reached the threshold where the thing I go switch now, mm. where people decide say Africa liberation by all means right now. Yes, right. So we like that. Because you even educated a couple of your children in Africa, right? Yeah, yeah. My son... One of my sons did live at Addis for two years, went to school yeah. there. Two of my other sons was with me in South Africa for about eight, nine years. See. Yeah, they went to school in Cape Town and Zululand. So, wow. yeah, the whole family was there at different points. Right. Yeah, so we're based right now. I live, me live there. I was living with my children. Like See. I said, some of them come back, they're all adults now, mm -hmm. so they do what they want to do. Right. Yeah, but most of them, they're back in England, yeah. And occasionally they're that side too. Right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So is it is it music or are there other spheres of of the media world that you want to penetrate? Well, like I say, yeah, me personally, there's quite a few things I wanted to do in Africa. Mm. Within, like I said, the music has never moved to the way that I wanted to do. I've always done import export, like bringing African crafts and right. clothing which has always been, you know, like I said before, up to 2010, it was worth a while since mm. now, the economic downturn. Yeah. So we always dallying with something or trying something. Mm. Right. Right. And um, I still say Africa is the place with the opportunity. See. Yeah. The black <laughs> renaissance. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, God, I think I think some of the psychological barriers for over here is like, boy, if things bad over here, so imagine on that yeah, side. <laughs> well, and I think that's that's, that's the, the media again. The media yeah, won't play our right. music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As that kind of perception, like I say, if you don't get over that and go sick, like I say, you very rarely see anything positive about Africa. Never. Yeah, yeah it's always death, destruction, disease, famine. Mm, yeah. yeah. So people tend to think that's how but Africa is so vast. Mm-hmm. You understand? Yeah, and that is the negative. Cause within all these places where you're seeing that, there is also great, great positives. So it's just right. that that's not what you see. So mm. you have to go to yourself to see that. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know, where you live in Africa, do you see the people then trying to progress in the community and like make, make things better and easier for, and become independent? You know, that yeah. same mentality yeah. that you have. Well, you see, the that, that, that is mentality. one of the great things. You see, if you insult Africa, mm. where I'm staying now, they never received that form of education. Right. See, so you see, now that they're free, they're going through a whole transition trying to find that. Okay. Because yeah. you, one of the most popular is empower yourself. Yeah. Yeah. We go there with that attitude, and yeah, you know, you can see that. People are just learning that, right. even for support each other for start build because you, you live under a total divide and rule right. kind of living. You see, if you never experience experience apartheid, I don't think you can really fathom what it done. You understand? Right, yes. And even me, I went there and went in that transitional period. Right. So things had started to improve. You understand? Okay. But from an educa- education is everything. Yeah. If you were never educated to stand on your own two feet, you were never inspired to have ambition or aspiration. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole new learning process. See. See. And that is what South Africa got through now. Right. And great leadership can turn around them thing the quick. Yeah. Negative leadership can cause yeah. the, 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 the thing for the start. You understand? Mm. So again, that is the struggle where we have got through in South Africa right now. Okay, so here we are, 2023. Mm. What is currently happening for... Darwin Menon, so far as an artist and for Melody Music as a record label, what's like? what can we look forward to? What's in the pipeline? Well, at present, I've got an album out there called Rastafari, um, Rastafari, yeah? okay. 18 track album that's just been up on Bandcamp. Okay, this um, is new, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And cool. um, I'm doing some songs with um, a company in America called Donine's Booking. Okay. So they got a track coming out called What You Gonna Do? And I have an album where we're living in a very troubled time where <laughs> we did with the great reality, yeah, yes, yeah. which we're still working on. Right, because yeah. We have great confidence in that product. Yes, yes. And I'd like to tell the people themselves too, because we have two people that interview me that ain't telling you where we come from. See, See my God. journey, as I told you, I came back to Hackney in 1977. And them two man it's more to nearer to 40 years that I know them. <laughs> so when we hear me talk about we getting up to things and doing things in happening, <laughs> these two men know very well the things that we do and get up to. Yeah. And to be honest, it's a great joy if you sit down with the them and we yeah, discuss the things. Yeah, uh, right. The them play a part in my journey. A Likewise. big part. Likewise. It's a joy. And like yes, I said, the album we did, Trouble Times, mm. I'm very proud of that album, and I feel like we ain't seen the best of where that's going yet. Yeah, so absolutely. It's a real joy to be here, and we give thanks. So yeah. That's the far right now. Yes, Progressive. Yes, Bill man. and Tapa, Bill and Tapa. So we do Free. it. That's right. That's right. Yeah, man. It's a great joy. <laughs> Believe me. So outside of your music and thing, then, and you know your works, what what do you do for like relaxation? I wouldn't I wouldn't say hobbies or anything like that. I don't like, I don't see that yeah. I have a hobby. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like but what do you do? Like, what's that? Like, do to unwind? Gardening, and, you know I mean? mountain yeah, climbing. Yeah, I mean, you see, my children tell me some boring, but we do the standard <laughs> things. We plant, like I said, I like my garden. See. Right. I like traveling. I've always see. loved traveling. I'm prepared to go anywhere. If I see something on TV and I feel like I want to go, they go see that in reality. Right. I like right. traveling. Yeah. And um, music is always, even just listening to music and 
you know, live music, same things. Yeah. I don't find myself doing too much exciting things so outside the of The stuff you'll be listening to, would there be anything surprising? I mean, any Frank Sinatra, Perry Como? <laughs> in yeah, well, living in Africa, you get a wide variety of African music. So, yeah, yeah. you know that you're always listening to Mali music, Senegal right. music, yeah, South yeah. Africa is very versatile mm. in music and dancing. Yeah. Mm. Have, uh, you know, choir singing is also a culture in South Africa. Uh, so, of course, of course. You know, right. And they produce great dancers and great singers. So you, you get a wide variety. Mm. Ethiopian music is, again, a different style of music mm -hmm. where I find very fulfilling. So just okay. listening to the different genres in, in, in music mm. is always, you know. Mm, yeah. yeah. And you've recorded many, many different types of genres That's right. too. Yeah, yeah. And um, like I said, being in Africa for me is extremely stimulating. You know what I'm saying? So I feel we just take it easy now, but we're happy with the environment and we're still chasing our aspirations. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. See? Yeah. Hmm. Never leave sight of the goal. <laughs> no, Anything. can't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So during the COVID period, where was you? In Africa? Yeah, I was in South Africa. That and, whole and how did that years. affect the, the whole situation down there, work-wise? And... Well, you see, South Africa, again, has a history of having these type of things going on. Right. AIDS was a big problem in South Africa. Yeah. Under apartheid, many people got experimented on. So wow. when they made the COVID, they get frightened. Most people was very apprehensive because to them it's not something that could be a hoax to them. That's something right. that is very, you know. Same. So their perspective is very serious when right. these things come so back. The lockdown, them, I was surprised with the, the lockdown, them was kind of quiet. Because you right. left the day it started to yeah, lock down yeah, here, right. I got there <laughs> on the last. <laughs> the last, the last, last night. Last night on the board. <laughs> yeah. 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 I said, no, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, we know not there. We weren't there in Africa. And, um, yeah, it was two years and three months, right? True. Same. Until right. Britain did raise them visa restrictions right. and them entry. Same. I was in South Africa, so right. I was mostly in my garden. Right. Right. Like most people, it was a time you do enough reflection within yourself. Of course, of course you yeah. understand. I'm learning. Yeah, so we see it and we see back the change now where people really want to aspire for more, and even mm. the thought of another lockdown is very right. depressing. You understand? Yeah, for real. So, yeah, I spent the whole of that time. I think most people had the same kind of feeling because most time you look around the world, everybody's something that people um, never experience. Mm. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and most people that I know said the same thing. It took, gave them the time for deep reflection. So, right. although I think it was something that really never needed to happen, but it, you have to make it positive. You mm. know what I'm saying? For mm. real. Mm. Okay, so what would you say one of your best qualities are? As an individual, <laughs> I don't want to sound vain. I don't like say I'm the greatest of them all. <laughs> that, that's an illusion. <laughs> we're, we're, we're supposed to be kind of ending on a positive conclusion, you know what yeah. I mean? So I could have said best or worst, you know what I mean? Uh, all right, let me ask you something. No, like, no, so let, let, yeah. let the man answer the question. What's your best characteristic or your yeah. best quality? I mean, I would say we stick at what we set out so, to do, you know, and. Um, I don't know. Your perseverance. Yeah, right. perseverance. That's a good quality. That's, a good quality. Yeah. Well, that's, that's fairly self-evident. Yeah. I would say you've got an adventurous spirit as well. <laughs> right. You couldn't deny that. Right. Um, you're bloody-minded uh, when it comes to certain things. You just say, you know what? Yeah. That's the goal. I'm going for it. That's, yeah. a, that's right. a great quality. Absolutely. Not being about that. Right, Which leads to what's your worst quality? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, people say I'm miserable, I'm irritable. All but, right. um, See there? I put that in perspective is because we want to achieve, we yeah, want yeah. to get to the goal. We're not mm. interested in anything else. Yep. And it can get frustrating along That's the way. That's right. <laughs> I'm sure you and know those that. those are two sides of the same kind. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. For yeah. You want for certain real. things a certain way and if they're not got so mm. miserable. Yeah. 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 You, you, you show your That's displeasure. So That's right. <laughs> uh, my grandmother used to say we don't suffer fools lightly. Yeah, That's right. right. Yeah. So That's I, right. I think I fit into that kind yeah, of yes, for real. mentality. So... As an elder now and an established world citizen, what advice would you give to your younger self? Yeah, if I'm looking back, I'd say to attain more knowledge. Okay. Like we say, 
you know, we went to good schools, but we like we say we were more on the mischievous side. Mm. Right. Right. And seeing I know at this stage you could have said, Well, yo, if you put in a more effort in equipping yourself better, your journey could be easier. Right. You understand? Okay. Mm. So it's not a regret, it's just twenty twenty hindsight. It's a reflection. Yeah. 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 Is there anything in particular that you might have honed in on? Again, you see the aspects of aspect. what we're feeling mostly is in marketing and right. you know understanding that right. world. Yeah, and mm. it's not a world that really gels with musicians. That's where musicians it's the, it's have the a different spirit. Of creativity. Yeah. And when you deal with business people, yeah. they have a different yeah, attitude, yeah. and you find mm. that cause you cause you want to work with a man where can work with your spirit. Yeah. You, to me, you know what that is. That is, and here comes our word of the day. That is the antithesis yeah. of the qualities of a musician because <laughs> you want to be creative. You want yeah. to be free flowing, free thinking. Yeah. To do that side is the side that we require. Yeah. You have to be very logical, numbers, yeah. strategic. Right. And it doesn't sit nicely with, with people with creative spirits. That's yeah. right. And there's always some kind of compromise then where you make that. I don't want to make that compromise. Yeah. You understand? I look at it as you must market what we produce. Yeah. Don't try no for shape we into something because you feel like you need to market. We can't fit no bill. Yeah. We is who we is, so That's you have right. to market what is. That's That's right. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. For real. <laughs> yeah. For real. Yeah. So what advice would you give to young people nowadays? Well, I see a lot of people and I um, people who are successful is the people them that really study the, the business side of mm. things. Most time even when we talk to even my own youth them, mm. production for us and the with the talent is within us. Right. It's very easy mm. for us, although you have to perfect your skills. Mm. Mm -hmm. But again the business side of the thing is you have to be able to put some 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 knowledge and mm. preparation yeah. for it. Why we're struggling too is that we don't have a lot of people from our realms trying to market us. Right. Everything we do is, we're always going into our realm that I don't really regard as our realm. Right. We should have our own marketing, our own yes. channels, our own reggae clubs, because yeah. like I say, I ain't trying to fit into anything. Yeah. Yeah. You understand? Like I say, and when we talk about the early years in Hackney, everything we wanted was mm. there. Yeah. We had music workshops, sound yeah. systems, enough place we could have played, yeah. enough place we could have keep dance. We had a community. Mm. It's all missing now. Yeah. You understand? And we can't blame people. We're supposed to create our own environment. Yeah, and that's, that's so telling. We cannot blame anybody because if we are producing something that's organic to us, we should be the custodians of yeah. it. Of, yeah. of, of, of and that, we should have been building it yeah. to where we want it to go. Mm. Even one of the big debates in reggae now is it's gone in a direction. And when you look, who took it in that direction? Yeah, yeah. yeah. who are the gatekeeper? Yeah. Right. You know, because we still wanted to do. The tune of the 70s, as far as me concerned, is still yeah. the ultimate yeah, of reggae. to uplift. So yeah, therefore, enlighten. why has it gone in a different direction and we didn't perfect mm. and take it to another degree? Yeah, we right. take, you understand? things for granted. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So, so true. Yeah. We still live with hope and, and we put, and we, like I said, we hope the younger generation mm. looks at it more. But it's up to us to live truly to our commitment and stay mm. on our vibe, maintain yeah. our liberty. Of course. Are you trying to follow no trend reason. and thing like that? No, no, no. We set trend. We don't follow trend. Rastafari are the creators. Yeah, yeah. We see, look what reggae music doing at Earth. Yeah. Look what with philosophy, Ital food, all these things. Ah, like yeah, is one of the biggest impacts over yeah, the yeah. last 30, 40 Rasta years. Yeah. Central. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everybody come capitalize our fight. Same. And we and again, mm -hmm. we should have put the structures in mm -hmm. place. We are right. the first eco warrior. That's yeah. right. Vegan all these the things we're about to talk about. First. We have said that long time. Long yeah. 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 Yes. So if you woke up tomorrow morning and an, amazing, and an amazing miracle happened to help change the world, what would you want that miracle to be? It would have to be balanced within our people. Like we say, we see the revolution starting mm. and we see Africa is really our foundation. Mm. Because again, if things weren't so unbalanced in Africa, 
all the things where we are talked about mm-hmm. might have been in a different perspective. Right. So when we look and see what are going on, if, if tomorrow I could hear say Africa totally free and we're in control of our borders, our currencies, Same. our you know what I'm saying? Infrastructure, yeah. That would be the ultimate for me. Right. You understand? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, balance. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't it's not even so much whether the borders or what the currency are, uh, we get rid of corrupt leaders or anything. What we need is balance and harmony. And if mm. things, that's what we call that, that flux where things mm. are manageable and acceptable to everybody. It don't have to be perfect, mm. but it has to be balanced. Mm. That's right. That's, that's, I think that's where it has to be. Mm. I will see. It's so true. So yeah, true. yeah, I agree with you. One on chest. Yeah, man. <laughs> so Africa is the vision. Always been. Yes, yeah. man. Yeah. Like I said, vision. the same thing. People, if you listen to people in Africa now, we as reggae artists and mm. reggae singers have always been singing for the liberation yes, of mm. Africa. Whereas mm. Africans see we as the announcers and the voice of them. Right. Now it's, it's switching where Africa is actually now calling us yeah. and saying we need your help right. directly even being here okay. right, in setting up things. Right. And also now we need your voice again because right. it looks like we are entire fears where it's going to be a tough battle. You understand what I mean? Right. So Africa is crawling to we, and again, we don't, we already say if Africa no free, black man can't free. True that. True that. Right? And we don't see that as a joke. Yeah, yeah. You understand? So that was even I and I, as Rasta, why we said we are going to Africa for go do this, that. We wanted to see the liberation of Africa. Yes, sir. So (laughs) the journey remained the same. Yeah, for real. So I take it not too long before you go back down there, innit? Yeah, I'm soon going to get frustrated now. I want to buy within the next couple of weeks. I need to go home. See. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See. And when I get no summer in England where we can't even enjoy it. Yeah, I'm in a hurry now. See, yeah. so when you go back down south, it's going to be summertime coming up soon. Yeah, we're going when I get back, it's spring. Spring, so wow. spring now heading towards yeah. summer. Man. The, summer plan, the southern the hemisphere, the yeah. seasons are different. Yeah. Isn't it? So, where you are when it gets uh, cold, how cold it get? England cold, Joburg can go to zero, but yeah. it's still a different type of cold, right? See. Yeah, you find Joburg will have a nice warm day. Like this could be a winter's day, but then it's coming to three o'clock, four o'clock. Right. It just starts to get cold. Mm. Cape Town is a lot of wind. Yeah. And rain. So right. again, you can get a nice, lovely sunny day. We feel like this. And then the next day the wind up, the rain up and it cool you have on your heater. See. Whereas in KwaZulu Natal, which is the Zulu Kingdom, right. it's subtropical to tropical. So See. Yeah. Yeah, that's why we did it. We wanted to really be based. Is that near there. Durban and them side? Then? Yeah, Durban, right. going up to Richards Bay, okay. going up towards Mozambique. By the time you get right. to Mozambique, it's full yeah. tropical. Yeah, because it's yeah. right near the equator. Though. Right. You see. So, our preference would have been to be in the Zulu Kingdom, but yeah. um, until we see, we can work something out. I'll mm. be in Cape Town. Yeah. Well, Darwit. It's been great having you here. Um, it's been very enlightening. I'd love to hear the stories about Jamaica and Africa. Mm. And thank you for joining us. And thank you to all the viewers and to all the listeners. This has been Garvey's Ghost in the Spectrum of Roots. Give thanks. Bless up. Rastafari, man. Yeah.